96.1 FM, KPFA here in Berkeley and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno and online at kpfa.org. It is 3 p.m. Stay tuned for Cover to Cover Open Book. Cover to Cover Open Book, the Poet to Poet series. I'm your host, Nina Serrano, with Jill Montgomery on the controls. Today, I'm featuring a new anthology of women's poetry, Turning a Train of Thought Upside Down, recently published by Scarlett Tanninger Books. Our guests today, Andrina Zawinski, editor, and Lucille Langday, publisher, are also both accomplished poets. They'll read selections from the book and discuss the collaborative process of the local women's poetry community that the book evolved from. Welcome, Andrina Zawinski. Thank you so much for having me here. It's a pleasure. And welcome to you, Lucille Langday. Thank you for having me here, too. I'm thrilled to be here. So, Andrina Zawinski, how did this book project evolve? And could you read from the preface describing that? I'd be glad to read part of that. Um, After a long day of sending out work to several publications, after negotiating reading dates, after trying to generate new poems and revise older ones, I felt what so many writers feel exhausted and isolated. I found myself wondering what I needed, what any woman might need beyond the hard work and uncertainty of having my poetry read and heard. I realized I missed something deep in my core, that I wanted more than elbow brushing at events or fleeting commentaries on my work, that I wanted to be part of a community of writers beyond traditional exercise or feedback workshops. So I decided to invite about 20 women to my home on Saturday afternoon for a potluck of poetry and food. They all showed up, and each one loved the idea of a social extension of our hard work in poetry. Something informal, with no membership requirements or deadlines, something that could inspire and rejuvenate. That was in 2007. Now in 2012, the salon continues. It includes journalists, social activists, college professors, doctors, gardeners, lawyers, artists, educators, and women in many other professions. Many members say they find it invaluable to be in a milieu of encouragement and appreciation of each other's writing, along with the unconditional support in a nurturing community of women writers. Turning a train of thought upside down which is what we often do in the effort to inspire and create poetry, is an expression of the collective voice of the San Francisco Bay Area Women's Poetry Salon. We hope, in the words of Anne Sexton, you will, as you read its pages, put your ear down close to your soul and listen hard. Well, I think you did achieve that in this book. You did create such a space. Lucy Langday, what is your background as the publisher at Scarlet Tanninger Books, and how did this collaborate process work from submissions to publications? 
Well, I founded Scarlet Tanager Books in 1999 um, to publish West Coast authors. We publish uh, writers from California, Oregon, Washington, Alaska, and Hawaii. And up until this anthology, I had only published books by individual authors. And when Andrina proposed the anthology, I just knew instantly that it was a perfect project for my press. Um, I knew who these women writers were who were going to be in the anthology, and I admired their work immensely. And also, I saw this this anthology as affirming the support that women writers give to each other. Um, it was a very collaborative process. In earlier books, I had worked just one-on-one with the author of the book. And in this, to create this anthology, in addition to um, working with Andrina, um, one of our salon members, um, Andrina, um, Marianne Betterly, did the design work on the book. And in addition to that, we had um, a, a wonderful team of people who gave editorial input and did proofreading and that in those people included Trina Machado, Gloria Rodriguez and Judy Wells and it was a real pleasure to work with Andrina and these other women. So as you and Lucy Andrina are also poets in the book, can you please share one of your poems? Well, I'll share the title piece, Turning a Train of Thought Upside Down. It has an epigraph from Virginia Woolf that says, As a woman, I have no country. As a woman, I want no country. As a woman, my country is the whole world. Under the bottle brush tree the lovers sit, circled in each other's arms, all alone right in front of us all on our walks around the city lake. Their kisses blind to afternoon, breathing down on them and us. I think of my own first love, how a woman can learn not to take but to give, how not to gain a self but to lose one inside another. Natural as breathing, to be in exile under her own skin, colonized without knowing she was occupied. Long ago, women in my family carried bundles of wash on their backs down to the creek bed to scrub it all clean, later balanced books on their heads for good posture and the possibility of a cover shot on a fashion magazine. Having been fed a diet of Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, the Snow White Tales. Just look at the statistics. How many of us have sported the split lips, bruised eyes, broken limbs? How many assaulted and betrayed? How many isolated and afraid? Our homes gone up in flames from so many hearts on fire. Yet we have resisted and rebelled, conquered enemies, negotiated peace. We have also had our feet bound, bodies girdled and gagged, some buried beneath layers of cloth. We have been overthrown, dispossessed, imprisoned, enslaved, burned wholesale at the stake. We have been venerated and feared as Congolese leading warriors into battle with shields and spears. 
as Mongolians riding steams, steeds armed with bows and arrows, as Seneca ruling the land and the clan drumming and healing, as Balkans singing in the company of women just for the song. Some of us now build muscles in our legs and take to running for the thrill of the race, work them in our arms, wielding swords and wrestling whatever might confront us. We grow strong enough to carry ourselves to a shade tree, rest beside the fairy dusters in the kiss of our own breath, learn to love first ourselves deeply and with great abandon. You just heard Andina Zawinski reading her original poem from the anthology of the same name, Turning a Train of Thought Upside Down. So, Lucy, can you share your autograph? Oh, sorry, autograph autobiographical poem from the closing section of the book? Okay. This is called Returning to the Bouchart Gardens. Fifty years ago, rushing ahead of my parents and friend Sharon, I ran down these same paths edged with lobelias and blue poppies on Vancouver Island. Sea hollies bobbed like small purple pine cones on stalks. Canna lilies waved pink silks. Begonias danced in several shades of red. The sunken garden, once a limestone quarry, overflowed with dahlias and hydrangeas. I'd never been in an airplane. No one had a cell phone or computer. No one had walked on the moon. What have I done these fifty years? Fell in love with a field of wild irises and a boy I met at Al's drive-in when I was fourteen. Wore a tight blue satin Chinese dress to our wedding seven months later. Bore a daughter while pink and lavender mariposa tulips opened. Left my husband. Stapled lids to chicken dinner plates for a living. Missing the blue runner violets, spectacular display. Married the same man again at 17, while slender sunflowers nodded their yellow heads in an autumn breeze. Left him in spring when fire poppies ignited the coastal range. Learned to solve differential equations and identify the parts of a flower. Pistol, stigma, style, ovary, anther, filament. Fell in love with a man who said at a party, You look like you want to dance. Married him in a meadow by a redwood grove, where chickweed looked like drifts of snow. Bore another daughter, measured the electrical potential across the membrane of an egg cell of a mudwhelk. Wrote technical manuals, Left my husband, taught students to distinguish between monocots and dicots by the veins in their leaves. Interviewed scientists, wrote about how the universe bloomed from a single seed. Ran a health museum, wrote poems filled with wildflowers. Fell in love again, married him under a canopy whose poles were twined with pink, red, white, and yellow roses. 
held bronze urns containing my parents' ashes on a hillside above the bay. Red Bambi played Candyland and watched Cinderella and Dumbo with my grandchildren while seasons changed and the rhododendrons in my front yard grew heavy again with bell-shaped flowers. Of course, Mrs. Bouchart's gardens look different now, smaller, the roses no longer in bloom, arched trellises once laden with red blossoms hanging over the path, are wound with empty vines. I reach the end, the Italian garden, so genteel with its walkways and cross-shaped central bed of marigolds and peonies, just before the gift shop. But I want to go back, so I run to the head of the path and make a mad dash, sprinting now, back toward the sunken garden for one more look before the delphiniums and begonias fade. Thank you, Lucy Langday. You just heard Lucy Langday reading her original poem from the Anthology of Women's Poetry, Turning a Train of Thought Upside Down, scarlettanningerpress.com. Well, I'm very honored to be among the 41 poets in this anthology, and this is one of my poems from the book that interestingly echoes Lucy's theme, and it's called The Past. Sometimes the past slams the door in your face, even if you phone first to say that you're coming, even if you politely bring a bouquet of flowers and a box of candy. It's no matter to the impervious past that doesn't care about future consequences because they already happened. The past turns its back and leaves me pounding on its portals. My cries echo in the dust. Well, Andrina, I had uh, asked you before about your role in the book as the beginner, the initiator. And I wonder if you could tell us what you did when you were confronted with 80 pages of poetry, how you created a flow, how it went from uh, being more than just a succession of poems with such diverse subjects. Well, there was a submission process, and I, I suppose that something intuitive kicked in with the selections that I made. But I literally took these poems and put them across the dining room table and moved them around like so many domino pieces to see where they fit best. And I came up with um, six sections of the book. The first one explores the poet's relationships with mothers and as mothers. The second with to our children and coping with loss. The third to words, art, music. The fourth explores emotional reactions to culture from facelifts to violence against women. The poem you heard of mine with the polemic edge, if it's in that section. The fifth section um, with rela relationships to place and how it contains the present experience and tackles uh, what the future might hold. And the sixth and final section um, seem to have a perspective on experience, the, the way we spill it onto the page as women and poets. And many of them um, memories poems, uh, and you heard Lucy's that appears in that section. So, it was very 
Well, the book is so diverse, and I wonder if you could give us the flavor of that by reading to us from some of the women in the book. Okay. Will you begin? Uh, Andrina will begin. I'll begin with one of the earlier poems uh, by Jean Wagner, one of our contributors. And this poem uh, recently appeared, we're happy to say, at Ted Couser's uh, This American Life. My mother was like the bees because she needed a lavish taste on her tongue, a daily tipple of amber and gold to waft her into the sky, a soluble heat trickling down her throat. Who could blame her for starting out each morning with a swig of something furious in her belly? For days when she dressed in flashy lame, leggings like a starlet, for wriggling and dancing a little madly, her crazy reels and her rumbas, for coming home wobbly, with a flicker of clover's inflorescence still clinging to her clothes, enough to light the darkness of a pitch-black hive. And um, I'll now read a poem from the second section of the book that also relates to the subject of mothers um, from the perspective of the mother. Uh, this is um, by Rebecca Faust. It's from her collection, All That Gorgeous Pitiless Song. And it's called a- Apologies to My OBGYN. Sorry that my boy birthed himself too early took up so much room in your prenatal nursery with his two pounds, two ounces, and did not oblige your nurses with easy veins. Sorry we were such pains in your ass, asking you to answer our night calls like that, and that he did everything so backwards, lost weight, gained fluid, blew up like a human balloon, then shriveled, Sorry about how he defied your prognoses, skyrocketed premiums, weighted the costs in your cost-benefit analyses, skewed bell curve predictions into one long straight line. Sorry he took so much of your time being so determined to live. He spent today saving hopeless case nymph moths trapped in the porch light, one matrix dot at a time. And now he's asleep, blue wingbeat pulse fluttering his left temple there, there again, just like it did then. I'd like to read uh, a poem by Christina Hutchins, she and Jean Wagner um, were both published, their latest collections come from a local collective publisher called Sixteen Rivers. This is called The Swimmer. Underwater, I become a girl with a young man's ripe back, the muscles curled around definite bones. But what you saw from above, a blue-green demon fought, fraught with ripple, none of my lines align. I was broken, shuffled, yet I moved whole. It is me again at the far side, surfacing, my face and shoulders reassembled, solidity of my arms established, the settled years refunded. So where I stand waist deep in the shallows, my hips, my thighs and feet approximate one of Picasso's disarticulated women. I cannot keep my unshackled forms still. 
And um, I'll read another poem from that section of the, of the book. Um, this is by Susan Cohen. Many of the poems in this section of, of the book are inspired by paintings, and this is a poem inspired by a painting. It's from her, from Susan's new collection of poetry called Throat Singing. It's called Cargador de Flores, and uh, the painting is by Diego Rivera, 1935. It's him, in peasant whites and on all fours, pinned under the weight of his towering wicker basket. He stares at the floor of the museum like a mule. This man who overlooked my childhood from a print above my parents' bed. He's still burdened by blossoms piled so high they shove his sombrero down over his brows. As a girl... I admired the woman, how she leans to adjust the basket that's fixed to her man's back by a yellow sling. Rivera draws my eye from the folds of the sling to the folds in the woman's cream-colored shawl, then upward to her lowered eyes. My mother must have read love here in all its colors, while my father saw a laboring man knocked to his knees. I can hear my father humming Spanish Civil War songs, union hymns, choruses from battles he would never risk his family to fight. I can see my mother tugging up their bedspread, securing its perfect daily crease with pillows as the painting keeps retelling old stories about the loads of love of a man who will never unshoulder his basket, of a woman who will always be bending to help, of a wife who cannot help who cannot keep herself from worrying each knot tighter, a husband who wonders how flowers turned heavy as stones. This poem is by Gail Rudd Entrican, and it was a finalist for a Pablo Neruda Prize. Something Coming We are beginning to understand something of what is coming, to go beyond sensing a shadow in the woods watching us, and to see it take shape, see it coming across a field, zigzagging as it does, now standing idle and watching the sky, now heading directly for us at a trot, and realizing that we are seen, that it will find us no matter what we do. We are slowing down. We are standing very still, hoping to blend with the waving greens of this raw springtime to stay downwind of its warmer breeze as its warmer breezes pick up and buffet the leaves, the grasses, tossing everything in a moving salad of life. We sway on our legs, trying to move with the air that surrounds us, and we stop thinking of what is around the next bend in the path, stop planning our next escape route, and begin to merge with the moment. We have slipped into a painting by Van Gogh. Something is coming again across the fields, and we are open as sunflowers in full bloom to these last moments on the earth. It's beautiful. 
Um, I'm going to read another poem from that section of the book. We're in the section of the book um, that it, it has to do with relationship to place, and many of these poems of, of place express an environmental consciousness. And I'm going to read one of those poems by Patty Trimble, and this is called Below Isberg Pass. Each summer I imagine myself a voyager to the unknown, my high meadow wilderness, some beloved green sea, my heart a gyroscope that spins to the high view where river runs to cloud. I must go there in those brief and fragile months. I must memorize flowers that hang from threads, columbine, sink foil, or the tiniest white daisies. But where I once thought the sky trembled, the boulder shivered for every god in need of a home. I now believe it shakes in, in fear of me and see behind me deepening trenches across this earth I meant to love. I'd like to read something from the last section by Judy Bibelar, who is um, with our Bay Area Writing Project out here. Birds, some birds. All of us try to keep up, though mostly we creep. We are locked into our pasts. We're books written by authors whose names we have forgotten, living as in a dream until something pushes us over the edge or we wake up, feel the heaviness of autumn, the chill of the sky's corners. Already we notice, so soon this year we think. The leaves have turned, the squirrels have begun to nibble at the green persimmons, and finding them bitter, throw them down. Still, some birds sing. The finches have fledged, moved on, so tiny and trim, so focused on being alive. Thank you so much, Andrina Zawinski and Lucille Langday, for reading us these wonderful poems from Turning a Train of Thought Upside Down, the new anthology. I wonder how we could actually hear readings from this by the original poets. We have several uh, readings um, planned. We just did one at Bird and Beckett Books in San Francisco. We have one coming up at Books, Inc. in Alameda on May 2nd. Laurel Books in the Diamond District of Oakland, May 12th. Sacred Grounds Cafe, May 16th in the Panhandle in Haight-Ashbury. Moe's Books in Berkeley, Lakeview Library at Lake Barrett in July. Moe's Books is June 7th. Lakeview Library is July 14th. Book Passage in Corte Madeira, August 18th. A great good place for books in Montclair, September 22nd. Frank Betts Center for the Arts, October 27th. And at the Friends Meeting House in Palo Alto, November 2nd. Lots of readings coming up, probably more than that. Lots of readings coming up. That's wonderful. And how can people order the book, Lucille? 
Um, we, they're available from Amazon.com and also from Small Press Distribution. Uh, their um, website where you can order is um, www.spdbooks.com. And you can also read more about the anthology and get the full list of contributors from the Scarlet Tanager website, which is www.scarlettanager.com. Well, thank you. This has been one of my first programs of a series on the anthology of women's poetry, Turning a Train of Thought Upside Down, published by Scarlet Tanager Books. This live broadcast can be heard again or downloaded to share with your friends and family later at www.kpfa.org for up to 14 days. In later broadcasts, you can hear many of the participating poets in the book read from their own diverse, insightfully moving and powerful poems. In closing, I send you my thanks for listening and best wishes. Until we meet again for my Poet to Poet series the first Friday of May, when we will enjoy the poetry of protest, Occupy Poems by Local Poets, on Friday, May 4th at 3 p.m. Blessings to all. to a work-in-progress film screening benefit You and Me and the Fruit Trees, a character-driven documentary that interweaves compelling stories from five survivors of child sexual abuse, expert testimony, and the leaders of the social justice movement to end child sexual abuse, providing a balanced view of this endemic. Through each story, we see how society's inability to effectively address child sexual abuse impacts not only individuals but whole communities and society at large. The film screening will also include a Q&A discussion Tuesday, April 10th at 6 o'clock p.m. at UC Berkeley, room number 2040 Valley Life Sciences Building. Admission is $7 and no one will be turned away for lack of funds. This is a benefit for From the Heart Productions. For more information, call 510-863-0652 or check out our website at youandmeandthefruittrees.com. Music.